during the week, uh, I read a few articles about parental guarantees, and one of them was going through the pros and the cons of it. Um, yeah. Maybe we could start there because I'd like to know your ideas on parental guarantees, the benefits of it, the, the negatives yeah. of it. So if you're happy to start yeah. there. Yeah, cool. So I'll just like a one-minute sort of brief on what, what they're about. We've talked about the biggest problem for a lot of people is getting a um, uh, deposit together for a property. So um, ideally banks would like you to have a um, deposit of 20%, otherwise they charge you a thing called lender's mortgage insurance, which covers the bank rather than covers you. So one of the ways you can get a 20% deposit is you can um, use equity in parent, grandparents, um, siblings' house. Okay. And that gives you, yeah, to, to basically cover, cover the 20%. So the benefit is, one, you don't pay, as the borrower, you don't pay uh, lender's mortgage insurance. Um, two, you can borrow the full amount of the you know, full purchase price of the property. So if you have some savings, you can choose to put that into the loan or you can choose to maybe renovate the property before you move in or you know, shortly after you move in. You know, it might the 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 property might need a paint, might need some yeah, you know, some upgrades to the kitchen, bathroom, flooring, roofing, landscaping, etc. So it, it's quite quite a good thing. Um, the borrower still has to be able to service the loan on their income only. Um, the risk, the main risk is on the guarantor. And that is um, if the borrower defaults, the guarantor could be up for um, the amount of the guarantee if the bank um, has to sell the property and is out of pocket. So if the guarantor provides a guarantee of, say, 125000 and for some reason the, the borrower or the borrower's default and the house is sold at a loss or the property is sold at a loss, uh, the bank will come to the guarantor looking for the um, amount of the guarantee that they have um, um, provided okay. to the borrower. So, so look, the, uh, it's not it's not without risk. We do quite a few of them. Um, it's quite a good way to buy a property without having to pay lenders' mortgage insurance. Yeah, but um, yeah, if um, and yeah, and this the the borrower and the Guarantor both have to be approved by the lender, so um, yeah, it's yeah, it's not it's not too bad. But um, as with everything, get get advice. Um, the guarantors should definitely get legal advice or get advice from whoever they feel they need to before they agree to it, because once they've agreed to it, um, if the purchaser then goes and buys a house, um, for example, at auction, and is um, then obliged to purchase the property, the um, the guarantors, can't, yeah, it's a bit late for them to change their mind then. Okay. So I guess the, the, the sort of way around it too is that if you – it's a good way for young people possibly to get into the housing market without having to – I guess if they're – the big thing I've noticed too is like if you're renting and your rent's quite high, it kind of can be difficult to save money for a house deposit on your Absolutely. own. So yes, for sure. It's sort for of sure. a it's sort of a workaround to get to that 
that house deposit goal. And it's not to say, yeah. like you said, it's not without risk. Um, you're still relying on yourself to pay off the, the value of the loan. So it's not to say if your parents can supply you with a really high um, deposit using the equity from their house for a big loan, yeah. you still probably can't pay off and service that loan if your job's not that high income bracket, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. And well, the other thing, um, it's not just for young people clients who may have been through a separation or a divorce um yeah they may not have um yeah they, they might have lost money in a business um getting back on their feet and um yeah they have good income now so they can service a loan yeah. easily but they just don't have that deposit so um yeah it's designed to help people get a property be that an investment property or a um, place to live in if you're living with your parents or renting, you can buy an investment property, use a family guarantee, but it's not there for you to build a property empire. No. Yeah, if you've got one family guarantee loan, um, yeah, the banks don't want you going to buy, yeah, five or six properties using it. So Okay, fair enough. Um, so one of the other ones we wanted to cover today, uh, so we've covered parental guarantees. One of the ones I brought up with you during the week was I've noticed from talking to some of the people in my friend groups about mortgage brokers, there's a lot of common misconceptions yeah. revolving what you do. Um, yeah. I'm going to name a few that I got over the last couple yeah. of weeks. And are you happy to just sort of break down in some detail why those exist maybe and then why they're not yeah, real? Sure. So um, the, first one yeah. that, uh, the first one that I got was that the bank – the uh, sorry that you have to pay the broker if you're the client looking to get a loan you would be paying the broker uh to get it does that make sense yeah 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 so most brokers do not charge a fee um so you go to them they'll work with you to get you ready to apply for a loan get your loan application in work with the bank to get it approved yeah, might even help you buy a property due to their knowledge and contacts within the industry. Um, manage the loan to settlement, work with your pest and build inspector and your uh, conveyancer uh, just to make sure it gets over the line. Now, what usually happens, say, three to seven weeks after a loan settles, uh, the bank will pay a commission Um usually through an aggregator group um, to the broker. So the broker gets paid when you when you're loan after you move in the house okay. basically or after you buy your rental after you buy your rental property. Now some brokers do charge a fee, which is a bit of a commitment fee. Um, and, but many of those will rebate that fee if your loan settles. Now we can spend sometimes 10, 15, 20 hours on getting people ready for a loan, getting them pre-approved and then six, nine, 12 months later they still haven't bought a property and that approval lapses. So that's basically time we've spent that you know, we've used our years of experience and contacts and education and all that sort of stuff to get people ready and get them sorted um, but we don't earn anything. So most people probably wouldn't like to go to work Monday and Tuesday and not get right. paid for it. So 
yeah. But as I said, most brokers don't charge a fee, but some might. You know, it might be a difficult difficult thing. It might be like a construction loan or there might be, you know, a few issues either, between, you know, that the borrower might have or the property might have or that sort of thing. So, but, yeah, most most um, brokers don't okay. charge fees. Um, another one would be sort of it's, it's, it's less so a myth about brokers in general, but it might just be I, I've sort of noticed another another common statement coming around where, people are sort of just happier to just revert to their bank there. It's sort of, I think yeah. we've spoken about it before. I forget where he, where he stands in the political spectrum. Josh Frydenberg, is he the treasurer? Okay. Yeah. So Josh Frydenberg, we talked about this months ago. He talks about this thing called the loyalty tax, which is almost the, yeah. the, a lot of people get a little complacent with trusting the bank that they've been with since they were a little kid and therefore the yeah. loan they got through that bank that they've been with their whole life, they just assume is doing the best for them and their situation without really bothering to go yeah. ask for a second opinion. And I guess um, that's the second misconception I've sort of gone through with people when I speak to people about mortgages and home loans is that a lot of people just assume yeah. straight out, oh, I've been with XYZ bank for XYZ amount of years and their loan good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, there's co a couple of things there. Look, a lot of people bank with an organisation, you know, it might be ANZ or ING or whatever it is, for, a, for an extended period. They get comfortable with them. You know, they get marketed to by then buy them and they probably think, look, it's just easier to go to them. And, um, yeah, that, that's a fair enough assumption. Um, I'd counter that by saying that a lot of the time your current bank will not be the best one for you. Um, it could be due to your occupation. It could be due to the area you're buying in. It could be due to how you get paid, whether you get bonuses, whether you're on, whether you're self-employed, um, yeah, your actual, yeah, um, yeah. Whether you get bonuses, whether you get family tax benefit, whether you've been on JobKeeper or JobSeeker. So, what I'd always say to people: go to your bank, see what they can do for you, then go to a broker and just get them to give you a check and make sure you're yeah. getting the best thing. Um, different banks have different offers for different people. Um, some will give better offers for first-home buyers. Some will give better offers for people in certain industries like accountants or lawyers or those sorts of things. Um, but the other thing I would mention is there's a thing in marketing called the net promoter score and mortgage brokers have one of the highest net promoter scores of any industry. Now, what how that's calculated is people are asked, would they recommend someone or would they not recommend them? And basically it's the difference. So mortgage brokers do a lot of work, um, help you. Most don't charge you a fee. So I would recommend, you know, go to, go to your existing bank if you want for sure. Um, but just, just remember that if two or three years down the track um, you're in a high rate loan with your bank, they they are not going to ring you up and ask you do you want a cheaper interest rate. Um, 
this this week we've met with two of our existing clients in Canberra and we've come up with a way where we can get them a better deal with their existing bank and it's going to save both of them around about six or seven grand a year just in interest. Now, if you're with your bank, um, say you get a loan with them now, come 2023, 2024, when you could be on too high a rate, they are not going to ring you up and say, um, hey, John or Mary, um, we've noticed that we can get you a better rate. Do you want to save some money on interest? Because as Josh Frydenberg rightly points out, how the banks make their money is by the apathy yeah. of their customers who are paying who are paying the loyalty tax. So, um, yeah, definitely you know, your bank loves you. Um, you know, most people's banks love them, but just make sure that you're still getting the best deal. And, um, you know, we, we can tell people in five minutes whether they're getting the best deal or not. So... I'm happy to help anyone do that, as would any okay. broker. Um, the the third conception uh, misconception I had sort of ties in back to the one about not all brokers charge fees and they get paid by the bank most of the time. So we'll skip that third one. Yep. Are there any that you would like to add to the ones I've listed? Uh, look, I think one, mortgage brokers... Um, organised loans for a living. So um, brokers have a lot of experience. They can also advise you on how to set loans up um, for what you want to achieve in the future. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you about what's your long-term plan with a property um, and ju just use our experience to make sure make sure you get looked after. The A lot of the time... If you go into your branch, they'll just sell you a loan. They'll just say, how much do you want and organise that loan? Whereas with us, we talk through what you're trying to achieve, where you want to live, what lifestyle yeah. you've got, how to structure that loan, how to set it up, um, all those sorts of things that, we've, that we do. And um, the other thing is we've got lots of options. So if you pop into your bank or ring them up, they're going to offer you a variable rate loan either with or without an offset account or a fixed rate loan. Now, with brokers, we have access to those loans but just not for one bank. And when we do pricing, we will go to banks to get pricing and try and get discounts for people. It's amazing how much we can get banks to discount their advertised rates um, because they really like the sound of the customer where telling them that they're about to get if they, okay. if they help us out. So, um, yeah. So there's a lot. You know, if, if you just want a loan, you can go to a bank. But if you want someone who's going to help you get sorted, um, help you um, get into a good property, into a good loan, and then make sure you're looked after until that loan's paid out in you know, 10, 15, 20 years' time, um, yeah, yeah, best okay. go to a broker. And the other thing I would mention is that nearly 60% of all loans come through brokers now, and that's doubled over about the last 10 yeah. to 15 years. In the UK, it's nearly 80%, and we we suspect that, yeah, it's just going to keep, the market share is just going to keep yeah. rising for brokers. Um, we, meet, we meet people after hours and on weekends. Um, normally, if you want to see your bank, you've got to go see them at the yeah. time that suits them. Okay. Um it sort of ties into what I wanted to talk to you about now.
article um, I read up through over the weekend, which was um, a new survey that shows investors, like our property investors, are more likely to rely on brokers. So 36% of investors would consider moving their portfolio to take advantage of interest rates just half a percentage point lower than their existing home loan rate. Um, I guess part of that to me, just from reading it, is if you're in it, trying to get into investing or you've got a few properties in a portfolio, you're going to search for any way possible to save money on the repayments that you have to make, right? And I guess maybe when you're buying a home yeah. just to live in, you might, I guess maybe you might not be as, uh, it might not be as high of a priority for you to, to search for the absolute cheapest option you can go for interest rate-wise. Yeah. Yeah. So look, with, with that thing with investors, like if you're investing in property or shares or anything to make money, every bit of extra margin you can make um, you know, helps your investment. So if you've got a $400,000 loan and a broker can save you half a percent per year, that's $2,000. So that's it's equivalent to a $40 a week uh, rent increase mm-hmm. on your property. So, you know, if, if, you're land, if you're a real estate agent or um, whoever's looking after your property came and said, look, I've just negotiated a $40 a week rent rise, you'd probably be pretty happy. So, um, but the good thing about this $40 saving is it, it, you don't mm-hmm. pay tax on it. So, um, and that, that's what brokers do. Brokers every six to 12 months make contact with the clients and just say, look, just want to, you know, how you're feeling, you're happy with the lender, we can get you a better deal elsewhere or let's go back and see if we can get a better deal out of the lender yeah. you're with now. So that's what that's what we do. Um, I'd say, yeah, banks, banks are a bit like people that sell cars. They sell you a car and that's it. Whereas a broker is a bit like your mechanic who is making sure the car is um, roadworthy and looking after you and, you know, getting you to the to the best spot for the best price. So um, that's that's the sort of main main difference. But with with the thing of um, when you're buying your own house, it still pays to make sure you're on the best loan. Um, and the best way to do that is to make sure you get your ducks in a row early, that you get everything ready for your pre-approval and that you give yourself the time to get pre-approved into a good loan. Because if you go buy a property before you've got finance, sometimes your finance options are limited and they may be limited to banks that have higher yeah. interest rates. So, yeah, if, you're, if you've got a half a million dollar loan on your house and you're paying 1% more on your loan than you need to, that's over $100 a week you're paying um, out of your salary um, just to cover your mortgage repayments. So... Uh, yeah, it sort of doesn't make yeah, a lot of right. sense. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, basically, the long and the short of what I was going to ask is that originally there was these repayment holidays that were brought out by a lot of the banks to allow yeah. people some, some wiggle room, basically, um, because they suffered yes. loss of income because of the coronavirus. Um, I just wanted to talk through with you, like, what steps could you recommend to people that might be going through 
the end of the mortgage holiday that um yeah, that's well, due think, to sort of yeah, carry yeah. out. Well, so I think the is, first is thing people have got to do is look at whether they are going to be able to pay their loan once the repayment holiday ends. And if they can't, the best thing they can probably do now is sell their property because um, property okay. prices are very high at the moment in a lot of markets. Um, what we've found since COVID is that a, while there's no overseas migration to Australia, around about 480,000 expats have returned home. Many of them many of them probably know they won't be able to go yeah. back to where they were, so they'll be working from here for a while, and a lot of them are buying property. Um, not many people are selling property, so prices are going up because there's there's too many seagulls and not enough chips at the moment. Now, if you if you think you're yeah. a chance, the other option is talk to your bank about maybe making some repayments. Um, if you're not making any repayments now, you want to might you might just want to start paying the interest. Um, if you're young, you might be in a position to extend your loan term, um, which can then reduce your repayments. Um, or you might just ask them for some extra time. But there's plenty of there's there's quite a few options. But the main thing to do is make sure you're talking to your bank or your broker about what your options are. We did see a stat, stat a while back that around 20% of people who are on a mortgage holiday or mortgage pause were not responding to the bank when they were calling them, emailing them, SMSing them, etc. So don't put your head in the sand. Be proactive. Yeah. Talk to your broker. Talk to a bank. Um, if you're with a bank and you're worried, um, just ring them up, have a chat. Yeah. The last thing they want is to have to sell someone's house. Yeah. No, nah, but it's yeah. also it's not, not in their, in their interest, interest to, do to have so. people who have who aren't going to be able to pay a mortgage um, in a place that just keeps racking up a debt. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It was interesting. Um, I want to hit you with a statistic that I found really interesting. I found this during the week um, to do with the repayment holidays. So um, almost one in 10 housing loans as of 30th of September, so it's a little dated, it's about a month ago, almost one in yeah, 10 yeah. housing loans are still on a mortgage deferral yeah, yeah. as of yeah, which 30th is, you know, of September 2020. Yeah, which is which is very high, so you know. About 9%. So you know, we, a few of us think that yeah. there's a lot more pain to come. Um, you know, the news this morning as Europe and America and you know, the Northern Hemisphere goes into winter, the number of coronavirus cases is just out of control. So, you know, the original thing was let's, yeah. you know, in Australia and New Zealand, let's hibernate the economy for six months and then we'll come through it. We are starting to come through it, but our trade, major trading partners are not. So we expect, um, you know, and as the government stimulus gets withdrawn, there's going to be a lot of businesses that don't survive and they'll, um, you know, they employ a lot of people. So our, our advice is still the same. Um, where you can, cut down your expenditure and, um, yeah, do the best you can. But, yeah, reach out for help if you need help.
not for sure. Um, that's all I've got from my end uh, of what we yeah, wanted look, to cover. Was there anything one of the things that comes up a bit is um, variable versus fixed rates and when should you choose either one. Generally at the moment, fixed rates are cheaper than variable rates. Um, yeah, and that's because um, right. yeah, that's the good. government gave the banks a lot of money in um, March to lend, uh, which they've been doing. Um, yeah, the benefit, it's, you know, it's good to get a cheap fixed rate, but you can't always make extra repayments. And if you do, you can't always get them back. Um, there are some fixed rate loans, though, that do have offset accounts. So um, most of them are probably not with the bank you bank with now. So that's one of the things that interests you. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a good strategy strategy to use. The other option is, of course, you can split the rate. And we, we do that quite a bit. We have a fixed rate. We might fix 80% of the loan and go 20% variable. So if you're borrowing 500000 we might fix 400 and then have 100 variable. So you can you use use the 100, to, you know, you pay down the loan, but you can withdraw money back when you want. So um, and just one of the other things, when you're fixing a rate, okay. um, banks have a thing called a fixed rate lock fee. So what they do is they charge you an amount of money to fix their, to fix the rate um, when you apply so that it is locked in until you roughly till you settle the property. So it you know, guarantees that you're going to get that low fixed rate. Okay. So um, yeah, talk to your broker or your bank about those. We've all got our own different views on them. Okay. Yeah, so do you think that the, there's some opinions where some brokers find more beneficial to, to um, yeah. Yeah, recommend so different rate structures? Yeah, yeah. So just say, for example, like we've had clients who, you know, they're, gonna, they're in their own house and they're thinking we're going to stay here for 10 years. Rates are really, really low. So we want to lock most of our loan in at a fixed rate for five years. Now, I would have said to them, look, two years is cheaper. Okay. But they're saying we don't care. Five years is only a little bit more expensive, but it's still really cheap and we're happy with that. Um, so we might fix some of that for five years. But, you know, if you were buying a property and thinking, I'm only going to hold this for two years, you wouldn't lock your rate for five because then you've got to pay a fee to get out. So that's why a broker will talk to you about your yeah. your plans and what you're looking to do and um, and then structure the loan accordingly. Okay, fair enough. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, money saver home loans. Com. on the website. Um, search money saver home loans on Facebook. We post a lot of stuff. It's just educational. Um, we've got a free ebook if you want want a copy of it on how to, um, you know, look at your position with a view to paying your loans down quicker or saving quicker. And um, yeah, happy to help anyone, even if you're a customer of a. Um, another broker, or or you love your bank, and at the moment, at the moment, we don't charge okay. people Easy. to talk um, or to get a pre-approval. 